0: Welcome to the Save Your Marriage Podcast, dedicated to all the men and women out there who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages. Here, we give you tools, perspectives, and insight into how to save your marriage and have a thriving marriage. This podcast is sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. And now, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I just want to invite all the men and women out there to book a private complimentary call with me. We will talk about your particular situation in private and give you lots of guidance and put you on the path to restoring and saving your marriage. Just go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call. That's C-A-L-L. As many of you may not know, a couple of weeks ago, Acapulco, Mexico, the beautiful beach city with a beautiful bay that I have frequented since I was born all my life, was completely devastated and destroyed by a Category 5 hurricane of which the million people of Acapulco were not pre-warned about. It was a tropical storm that in a matter of hours turned into a Category 5 hurricane, leaving behind an apocalyptic scene. The people were not forewarned. They had no time to prepare. They had no time to evacuate. They had no time to bring in stock for a couple of weeks in terms of water and food and medicine. And now the people are suffering the consequences of a Category 5 hurricane, of which they had no prior warning about. And it reminds me kind of, of when we moved to Texas back in 2007. In 2008, Hurricane Ike hit Houston, Texas. And we had never been through a hurricane. And the hurricane was destructive. It it went right in the middle, right through Houston, Texas. However, the forecasters were telling us about it weeks before. They were talking about how this would impact us long before the storm was even on land. So it allowed a lot of the residents, millions, millions of people in Houston to evacuate and the many people that stayed behind, it allowed them to prepare for the storm, You know, to shield their homes, to get supplies, to get batteries, to get flashlights, to get food, to get medicine. For a couple of weeks, should electricity be gone, should water be gone, they would be prepared, unlike the poor people of Acapulco, Mexico. And if it had not been for the meteorologists, I would have no idea that destruction was heading this way. In fact, I was just thinking that not too many years ago, we would have no idea that a storm was coming, how bad it was, how long it would last, and where it would hit, We would likely just wake up after the rough storm, hurricane, or whatever it was, completely unprepared. Unfortunately, marriages is often like that. I watched marriage after marriage after marriage where one or both did not see the problems coming. They were left unprepared, caught up in the storm before they even saw it coming. The hurricane, how long and how bad, often neither of the two spouses knew. Why is it that people are so incapable of seeing the problems coming? Why aren't they better prepared for the difficulties? And the answer is simple life kept them distracted. In the process of dealing with out there, couples forget to deal with in here, inside the relationship, inside the connection with each other. One day, one or both wake up, look at each other, and are amazed. At the disconnection and frustration. So, how does that happen? Is it some malevolent person trying to destroy the relationship? In my experience, the people involved in a dissolving marriage are not mean spirited, they're not ill intended, they're not vicious, they're not evil, and they do not mean to cause pain. Instead, they are people that did not notice the building problems that were brewing. They didn't know the storm or the hurricane was brewing and didn't know their actions or inactions were strengthening the storm. I have noticed four significant points where couples are destroying the foundation of their relationship and are not aware of it. These four points are all avoidable if you know they are trouble spots. But the time to take action is way before the storm comes. After that, their recovery is much more difficult, not impossible, just more more difficult like the poor people in Acapulco, Mexico. And here are these four points. The first one is couples place the relationship on hold. Kids, careers, friends, life. Families are often built in the early stages of a marriage at the same time the careers are being established. Often people are still very connected to their friends and their hobbies. I have heard it many times. People thought their marriage was on hold. It was paused, waiting for the stage of life to pass, waiting for the kids to grow up, waiting for the career to settle down, waiting for life to happen and just get back to the marriage. One or both may somehow believe that when everything slowed down, They can return to the relationship and pick it up where it was. Unfortunately, like many areas of life, there is no pause for relationships. They are either growing or deteriorating. Pausing begins the process of disconnecting. Disconnection leads to hurt and frustration. And more than that, since we all need connection, when the disconnection deepens, it leads the hurt and resentment. The hurt and resentment continue to perpetuate further disconnection, and the cycle deepens, and a marriage on pause simply becomes a disconnected relationship fueled by hurt and resentment. The second point I want to mention that can destroy a relationship, a marriage, is we know individuals change and grow, but they don't communicate it. Whether people marry younger or older, individuals grow and develop. In fact, the age of the couple at the time of the marriage has very little impact on the chances of the marriage surviving. I've had couples argue in both ways. You know, since we are getting married so young, we will grow up together. Or since we are getting married a little older, we have grown up and know what we want in life. The fact is, getting married young or waiting to get married later on in life is less important than both people letting each other know about how each is evolving. Unfortunately, how we are changing as individuals is often almost invisible to ourselves. We don't always even notice how we are changing ourselves, which is why it is so critical. It's crucial for couples to continue having those conversations about what is important to each of them in life. Let's go back to how most people fall in love. We share our inner life, our hopes, our dreams. We talk about our experiences and how they have formed us as people. We discuss politics, beliefs, social issues. We basically spend those early days of bonding by telling each other of how we have grown into the people that we are. But then we stop. Sometimes it's a gradual stop. For many couples, it is abrupt. Somehow there is an assumption that the other person knows you. So why continue to share? Or life gets busy and conversations become planning sessions or gripe sessions. Couples end up talking about all the things that are on the schedule or all the things that are going poorly. The mundane and frustrating, you know, take over the dreams and hopes. Aspirations disappear from the conversations covered over by the minutiae of existing in this relationship. Few people feel much connection in a discussion of the very busy schedule that is keeping them from connecting. Fewer people feel much connection in conversations that only cover the frustrations of the day. See, we humans are aspirational, driven by our dreams and our hopes. We are pulled into conversations about those hopes, but tend to pull away from conversations about all that is going wrong. Is there room for sharing those frustrations? Absolutely. That is part of being in a supportive relationship. The problem is when the preponderance of the conversations are focused On the frustrations and the negatives. A focus on the frustrations keeps people locked into the feeling of frustration. And the more locked into those feelings a person is, the less capable that person is of seeing the other elements of life the points of connection, of love, of respect, the view of the other person and of life in more complete ways, new aspirations, new hope, new desires. When we become unidimensional, we skew our perceptions, reinforce those perceptions, and fail to notice the many challenges to those perceptions, and fail to notice how we are growing, and how we are changing, and how our spouse is growing, and how they are changing, and that leads to radical and deep disconnection. The third point that can also destroy or severely hamper a relationship or a marriage is where conflicts are downplayed and/or just simply buried. Sometimes people come to believe that if there is conflict in a relationship, then there must be a problem. We have the mistaken nature that a conflict-free relationship is proof of a strong marriage. In Scott Peck's book, The Different Drum. Heck describes the path to true community. He described the first stage of pseudo-community. I have borrowed his idea and placed it in the context of connection between a couple. Intimacy. From that frame, I discuss pseudo-intimacy, a stage marked by pretending that we are just alike. A couple marvels about being on the same wavelength of sharing identical beliefs and values, as proof they point to the lack of conflict. In reality, this is a couple where one or both have refused to be honest and admit differences of opinion. For the sake of maintaining pseudo-intimacy, the disagreements are avoided or denied, leaving a growing chasm between them and a growing resentment that they are burying underneath the rug. You see, the conflict and disagreement do not go away. It is just buried, slowly eroding away at the relationship. I remember a while back in the news in Australia, a coal mine caught on fire, and it is not the first coal mine to do so. A number of others around the world have caught fire. Sometimes the fire erupts from the surface, as in Australia. But other times, such as in Centralia, Pennsylvania, which has been burning for 50 years, or or in Jaria, India, which has been burning for nearly a century, the fire eats away at the underground, mostly invisible on the surface. I remember a while back reading in the news in Australia, a coal mine caught fire. And it is not the first time a coal mine catches fire. In the world, a number of others around the world have caught fire. Sometimes the fire erupts from the surface, as was the case in Australia, but other times, such as in Centralia, Pennsylvania, which has been burning for 50 years, or Jaria, India, which has been burning for nearly a century, the fire eats away at the underground, mostly invisible on the surface. But as what happened in India, the burning coal finally gives way and collapses the surface, swallowing buildings and homes and everything in its place. The same thing happens with buried conflict and anger. The hurt and pain eats away at the foundations of the relationship, often invisible to the people in the relationship and to those surrounding As the buried conflict builds, a low-grade level of resentment begins to build as well. Resentment is the leftover, unprocessed anger from these conflicts. Sometimes the conflicts have flares up that go unresolved. Other times the conflict is just ignored or avoided. But the hurt is still there, and the hurt turns to anger. And then the anger, unresolved, becomes resentment and resentment becomes a systemic infection to the relationship, healing connection and numbing people to the relationship. One day somebody realizes that he or she is numb to any connection with their spouse. The feeling of love has evaporated, the connection is gone, and they are too exhausted to care, at which point the other may proclaim, I never knew we had a problem. We never even had a fight or an argument. The sad part of this process is that it was avoidable when there was a stronger connection. When there is connection, a true and honest resolution to the conflict allows the couple to move through the stages of intimacy, finally arriving in a genuine and authentic intimacy where nothing is buried, no conflict or disagreements are invisible. Which kind of leads me to the fourth point. Boundaries and expectations are really never clarified. I remember I visited a young couple that I've known for all my life before they got married. And as they were preparing to go into this new relationship, this marriage, I asked this question, how will you protect this relationship? And, you know, I was met with a perplexed stare. Neither had thought about it as neither can imagine either of them placing the relationship at risk at that point, which is when the seeds of troubles are already sown. A couple of years back, we had some bare spots in our backyard. And I willingly admit, I am not a big lawn care person. I hire landscapers. What I do, I do because I don't want the neighbors to look down upon me sometimes. But left to my own choices, I would live In a very natural surrounding with landscapers taking care of our lawn however in our land of suburbia the neighborhood is much more about a well manicured lawn lush and green and beautiful flowered regardless of the weather so i do my best to play the part of someone who cares so off i went to the lawn and garden section of the home improvement store Um, without any research or reading, because again, I am not a lawn care person. I grabbed the cheapest bag of grass seed I could find, and off I went throwing seeds all over the bare spots and watered them. I did just what I thought was necessary to get that lawn into shape. But I hadn't really thought through it, researched it, or even considered it. I just thought, you know, throw some seeds, water, and watch the green grass grow. So in a few weeks, when I noticed how many weeds were growing, I began to work to control the weeds. Then I looked into what I had done. The contractor-grade seeds did produce a green lawn, just not with grass. Once the weeds were in place, it was a much more difficult job trying to get the upper hand. They just seemed to multiply, and suddenly a much more drastic intervention was required. I had to go to my lawn people and say, please, please take over and help me with all these weeds because obviously I don't know what I'm doing. The same is true in a relationship. When we don't think it through on the front side at the beginning, we end up playing catch up, often having to take extraordinary steps on the backside. And that is especially true with boundaries of a relationship. You see, a boundary is simply what you will not let someone or something do to you or what you hold dear. It marks the boundary of how you expect to be treated. For example, a boundary may be an unwillingness to tolerate someone yelling at you or calling you names. A boundary, though, is step one. Enforcing the boundary is step two. Why are boundaries so important? Because the world is constantly encroaching on the relationship. Boundaries can include how you protect family, or couple time, or how you monitor threats to your relationship, and how you take care of your own health, mental and physical. Oftentimes, couples quickly fail to protect the boundaries around couple time. They stop making efforts to be alone. They start allowing electronic distractions to overtake mealtime, leisure time, bedtime, and really any other time that is left over. TV, the internet, social media becomes the priority. The distractions of life pull attention away from each other, from the marriage, from the relationship, from the connection. Other more significant boundaries include how you protect marriage vows. In fact, I am of the opinion that infidelity is a result of one, lack of connection, and two, lack of boundaries. Any couple will go through time of more or less connection. The real danger point is when there is a lack of connection and a lack of boundaries. As I noted before, a lack of connection in one relationship leaves a vulnerability to seek connection from another relationship because somebody's needs need to be met because we're human at the end of the day. And unless boundaries are in place that protect the commitment to the relationship. The low connection point becomes a high danger point for the relationship, and that's where affairs take shape, take place. It is easiest for a couple to establish the necessary boundaries of the relationship when there is no need for the boundaries. When connection is high enough that neither want to be distracted by anything or anyone else, it is easiest to discuss the necessary boundaries. But even when there is some level of disconnection, it is important to begin to build in boundaries to protect the relationship. Ironically, when the boundaries are secure, the connection becomes more secure. It feels safer to connect when the connection is well protected. And both are ready to protect the relationship. So these are the four points that affect and can damage a marriage, a relationship, If you are not forewarned, if you're not aware of these, if you don't make plans to make sure you don't fall into any of these, right? Number one, couples place their relationship on hold. Number two, individuals change and grow without communicating it. Number three, conflicts are downplayed and buried. And number four, boundaries and expectations are never clarified. If you are not aware of these, again, if you are not forewarned, If you do not pay heed to these warning signs, if you do not prepare in advance for what could be in terms of the destruction of your marriage, of disconnection, then just like the poor people in Acapulco who were not forewarned about a hurricane five that has devastated and completely destroyed this once beautiful tourist destination, prominent tourist destination, you may find yourself in a relationship that is headed for that same destruction that is headed for a separation or a divorce i hope this was helpful thank you for listening now i want to introduce you to the fortified spouse program that has helped thousands of women and men just like you save their marriages with an 85 percent success rate it is based on four fundamental pillars one gain the tools to reconnect with your spouse Two, understand the differences between men and women so we can appreciate and be more empathetic with our spouse. Three, learn how to gain inner confidence so we are no longer codependent on our spouse. And four, deal with our insecurities and triggers so we are more emotionally in control and not as easily triggered. If you're interested in learning more about these tools to immediately stabilize the marriage and postpone and delay the divorce, or separation, or win your spouse back from an affair, then go to www.fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. It is going to change your life. It is going to make you the best version of you, and it has the highest probability of saving your marriage. You have been listening to the Save Your Marriage podcast for men and women. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.